He wants to move in power through your life and to change people with his love. Nothing you've done will separate you from his love. Not a single thing you've done will separate you from the love of God because he is love. Jesus' Jesus's sacrifice isn't just for you or just for somebody else. It's for you. And he died for all of sin, not just the ones you want to place before him or the ones you're willing to talk about, all of them. You are strong in the Lord, and no lie of the enemy can change that. We just need to believe what Jesus says about us. So I encourage you today, believe what the Lord says about you. Put on the helmet of salvation and guard your mind and let it be renewed by the truth. Read scripture to be changed, not to change scripture by what you already think. Right? Read scripture to let it change you. Because in that, you won't just find a book, you'll find a person, and his name is Jesus, and he's alive. Amen? Jesus, the risen Savior, died for you, and he loves you so much. And I really, what I want to say today, what I feel like everybody needs to hear today, is God wants to use you. With an overflow of love, he changed the world. And he wants to, in the same way, like he said to the woman at the well, if you take the water that I will give you, it will become in you a spring of living water that overflows into eternal life. And he wants to fill you up with love. So maybe you don't feel that overflowing love. Maybe there's, you know, like your cup's this full. Or maybe it's mostly full and it's just not overflowing. The love of God is for you. The love of God is victory for you. Let him love you. Half the time our biggest battle is letting God love us. But it doesn't, you know, his love isn't in this area and it's not when I do this and when I feel ashamed of myself. Let him love you. And when you let him love you, you will become love. And then you don't need amazing giftings. You don't need to speak incredibly well. You don't need all that because he is supernatural and he's strong through you. He wants to use you to love this city well. And that's really what I had, you know, from the Lord for for us today. And I'm just going to pray that over you, and then we're going to watch a video. Jesus, I thank you for this family here. Thank you, Lord, for every person in this room, and thank you that your love is strong enough to break down our walls. It's strong enough to make us who you designed us to be, a people one with God where all the effects of sin in the past is no longer affecting us anymore, where all the brokenness has been restored, like it says in Joel 2, you restore everything that the locust has eaten. You restore everything that was broken. And so we speak over those places, let the love of God just flow over your heart right now. The love of God wants to flow over you. The love of God is for you. The love of God forgives and forgets and moves on. He's not looking at your past. Stop looking at it. Look to the future because he's taking you somewhere. And the only way we we get anywhere is when we let God love us and we move with him forward and stop looking behind us. Jesus, we thank you for your love, and uh, I just pray right now, the Holy Spirit, that you would do the work in us and we would give you room for that work to happen. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to watch a video. So. Wrestling with purpose. What was I created for? I'm more than what you see on the surface.
see beneath my skin and scars. I'm skinned and scarred. Marred and twisted. Scarred by the past I need to be lifted. And sometimes I question my own existence. What was I put here for? In my seams, it seems that there seems to be more. It's like I'm a light, unplugged from the socket. I mean, do I really exist to put money in my pocket? This nine to five feels like a nine to nine. My mind entwined, I pass the time. Life circles me as I wait. What is my estate? I feel like I was made for something great, and yet I can't quite put my finger on it. But when I look at my fingers and I see their design, I realize I'm one of a kind. And something created me. No, someone created me. And that someone made me for a reason. Even though it's clear the past years have been treason, I still sense this drawing, this calling, that even in the midst of my falling, there was someone who died to pick me up. Someone who rose to fix me up. Someone who's coming back to lift me up. And that someone is Jesus. See, God made me for a purpose. And when I delight in Him, it's brought to the surface. I don't know. Um, it's probably about how long ago did we move up here? Eleven years. Eleven years. And uh, when we got into the area, one of the one of one of the interesting things that that was in the area is like right up the block from where we live was Bailey's house. Bailey doesn't really make a sound, you know, unless you hear it and, and hear it with all the other guys that he was associated, like the Ringling Brothers and Barnum, Barnum and Bailey. And it was a circus. One of the things that Somers is known for, it's known as the, the, the cradle of, of the American circus. And, and it was funny because 11 years when we moved up, the rumor was that in his backyard was buried an elephant and 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 right so it's true <laughs> so so that was the rumor right that you know in, in somers that bailey has an elephant buried in his in in his yard and right across the street from bailey's house is bailey's cemetery and um and it was funny because you know a few years after after that we're driving around and and we hear the kids in the back talking about Hey, hey, that's Bailey's house. There's an elephant in his yard. And I, I, I couldn't help but, but chuckle. Um, it was because, you know, um, an elephant buried in the yard from the circus. And, and I kind of thought to myself, because, you know, you see these huge 5,000 kilo, this, this, this mammoth of an animal that's so strong and powerful. And yet in the circus... You see him tied with a, with, with, with a small rope and a chain and a wooden peg that's hammered into the ground. It's a little wooden peg. And you think, how is it that this, this chain, this rope, a little wooden peg in the ground keep this huge animal in one place? 
It just so happens that when a baby elephant, when a baby elephant is in the circus, it's chained on one leg. And that chain is then uh, uh, um, uh, grafted into the ground with a hook. And so the baby elephant learns its parameter. It can, it can go, but it can only go so far. It can move, but it can only move so wide. It's, it's restricted. It's limited because it's being held back. But then what winds up happening for the little baby elephant is that the little baby elephant grows into full maturity. And because it's in full maturity, because of, of, of all of the defeat, because of all of the times that it tried in the past and was not able to break out and break free, it's forced to live with the memory of past defeats. I'm here to tell you that you cannot, you cannot allow past defeats to control your future outcomes. Huh? We've got to learn to be able to break out of the psychological mode that society has placed us in, that our experiences had rendered to us. And so... I want to ask you this morning, church, what are some of the past limitations that has held you back? What are some of the modern day shackles that physiologically or psychologically imprison you? Hmm? Could it be a thought that maybe would tell you, man, I have a felony record. I can't even get a job. Man, I'm homeless and, and I need some help or, or no one trusts me because all they see is an addict or no one will give me an opportunity because all they see is a womanizer or, or I can't make it anywhere because all people see is just another high school dropout. Oh wait, hold on. I know, I know. I, I can only relate to, you know, this side of the room. Let me, let me speak to this side of the room. All right? How about, how about, how about, if I wasn't such a workaholic, maybe if I didn't just have so much pride in my heart, I want to ask you, what are the shackles that are holding you back? Because the fact of the matter is, we all have shackles, restrictions from our past that has defeated us then that we carry with us today. And so this morning, as we look to how to shed these shackles that hold us back, one of the best places, one of the only places that we ought to look for answers is in the Bible. And our text of the morning comes out of the 11th chapter of the gospel according to John. A lot of you will know this passage of scripture as Lazarus, right? The, the, the guy that Jesus brought back to life. And Lazarus had, had a sister who's Mary, and Mary was the one that Jesus poured the fragrant oil, one year's salary, over Jesus' feet. Could you imagine that? What's the average salary now? Uh, 35000 Maybe uh, uh, 32000 $32,000 poured out on Jesus' feet and wiped them with the tears of her eyes. Mary. And then Martha, that was the other sister, who was very hospitable, huh? 
and, and, and we look and, and they came to him. They came to Jesus as, as he was traveling and they said, Lord, behold, he whom you love is... How do, you, how do you like it to be able to appeal to God and be able to appeal to his heart? To know what it is that he loves and be able to appeal to that love in a request. Lord, behold, the whom you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And so I just want to kind of give a point right here that, that, that people would often overlook. But the Bible says that this sickness will not end in death, but it's so that God's glory, so that God's son may be glorified through it. Okay, I don't know who I'm going to speak to right now, but that sickness that you're dealing with, that shackle that you're dealing with, that hindrance that's upon your life right now, God can be glorified through it. God can be glorified through your sickness. Verse 6 says, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Now, I had to kind of sit there and think about it. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Jesus, the Bible said very clear. Jesus loves, not only does he love Lazarus, Jesus loves Lazarus. He loves Martha, and he loves Mary. So the disciples were right in, re- in appealing to his heart. But then his action doesn't justify the information. You know me. Hey, Pastor Rob, something happened. There's a crisis. I go into, I, I go into first responder mode. What, what happened? Where? I want to know. Who's in the hospital? Who got sick? It's my automatic impulse to want to run to the situation. But rather than running to a situation, Jesus fell back. He said that he stood there for another two more days. Doesn't seem like he had much urgency. Or at least it seems that he didn't have the same urgency as the others did, right? So here's, here's a point to take away. Just because God doesn't react the way we would want or expect him to, doesn't mean he loves you any less. There's just a less sin in it. Mm, Did you get that? I'll do that one more time. It doesn't mean that he loves you any less. It just means that there's a less sin in it. So if he falls back, if you're not getting the answer, if he's not moving the way you want him to, the way you expect him to, don't be troubled. Don't get scared. You got to turn around and know in whom you have trusted. Amen. There's a lesson in it. So Lazarus is dead and stinking with four days within the tomb, right? By four days, maggots are coming out. I mean, things are rotting. It's not a pretty sight. Verse 42 states, and I know that you always hear me, Jesus praying to the Father. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you have sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. 
Loose him and let him go. Come on. Loose him and let him go. Deliverance came so that they may believe that you have sent me. Why does Jesus deliver us? Huh? Why does he pull us out and release us from the shackles that bind us? It's so that they may believe. So that an unbelieving world can see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and know that we serve a living God. And whoever is in close proximity to you in life is set up to witness a great move of God. But even after the resurrection of power of Jesus Christ has raised us from the dead, we still have grave clothes that are restricting us. Huh? We're still bound by the sins of the past that limit us. We, we, we come and, and we hear the message of the gospel in a service like this and we make a decision and a commitment to come unto Christ. Yes, I heard the gospel. Yes, I know I'm a sinner. Yes, I know I need to be released. I know I need to be freed. And we come and we accept Jesus, your blood atoning sacrifice for the sins that I've committed. But Lord, this addiction is still on me. But God, this pride still got a hold on me. What do we do with the shackles and the chains of our past that still hold on to us today, even after we've made a commitment and have come back to life in his name? Here's one thing I got to tell you, church. The grave clothes, they don't define you. Loose him and set him free is the command. Peel back the labors. You're a loser no longer. That must go. You're worthless. That must go. Ugly. That's got to flee in his name. These things no longer have a hold on us. You're an addict no longer in Christ. He has forgiven all of your sins. But hold on, Pastor. Does that mean, does that mean that I can, I, can, I can keep on sinning and not be conscious? You all know the answer to that. How does that weigh on your conscience? After knowing and hearing the truth? After receiving the gift that's been given to us? Eternal life? Eternal life. I often say it's a walk of correction not a walk of perfection yeah we can't we can't continue to live our lives the way we used to but when we come to christ there's a new desire that comes inside of us to not want to live that life but a desire to want to live a life that's holy and acceptable unto god and if you're here today and have some past ties that's holding you back I want to declare to you that today, this day, is the day of your deliverance. Today, this day, is the day of your salvation. We hear his voice to loose you this day and to let you go in the name of Jesus. But here's the kicker. After you've been set free, after you have been set free, God wants to use you 
to set others free. He don't just free you for yourself. He's, he frees you to free others. He calls you into this work to co-labor with him. He does the difficult part. He'll resurrect someone from the dead. But then it comes to us to come and minister to them. And to loose them and set them free. Jesus entrusts the completion of his resurrection miracle unto us. Hebrews 12.1 states, Therefore, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, so great a number of people that have been living their lives in the pit of hell and all of a sudden heard the message of the gospel, was transformed, transitioned, regenerated, regenerated and, and, and made new. How do you go from that to this? How do you do it? We're surrounded by this crowd of witnesses that have done it. And he calls us to then lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Paul wrote in his letter to Galatians in the 6th chapter, he said, brethren, if a man is overtaken, if he's caught in, a, in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Considering yourself, lest you be tempted, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now we're talking about restoration. We're called to restore others, to identify what are the shackles that are binding them, to be able to minister to them, to loose them, and set them free. The word restore uh, um, in, in the Greek, katarizo, it means to arrange or to set in order. Complete what is lacking. Make fully ready to repair. It's used for a doctor term, and Luke used that for that same word, tarizo, for setting bones, bones that are broken, to set them and to make them straight. Now, let me ask you a question. Why would you go to a mechanic if you have a broken bone? Would you do that? How many people would go to a, would you go to a mechanic if, if you bust it up a little bit? You don't want to go to a mechanic, Right? You want to go to a professional. You want to go to somebody who, who's qualified, right? So you want to go to a doctor. So I'm trying to figure out why so many people go to Oprah regarding the issues that have overtaken them when she's clueless about the soul. You don't go, you just don't want to do that. You want to go to a professional, someone who's qualified to speak to you regarding your soul, regarding your heart. That's a message for another time. You who are spiritual, you who are born again, you who have been born of, not only of water, not only of physical birth, but also have been born of the spirit, having had the spiritual birth. That spiritual birth only comes when your sin has been eradicated. Because when we're living in sin, sin separates us from God. The wages of sin is death. 
So, so if we're in our sin, we are separated from God. But Jesus came so that our sins can be forgiven, so that they can be wiped out and eradicated, and we can now come and have fellowship with the creator of the heavens and the earth. That we are found before him, through Jesus, holy and acceptable. But we're not holy and acceptable unless we're under the blood. Because it's the blood. The life is in the Come on. It was the blood of Abel that cried out to God after Cain murdered him. He was dead. But it was his blood that was living and alive and crying out to God. Now, some of y'all don't know why you're not growing spiritually. If I was to pose a question this morning, let me ask you. When was the last time you led someone to the Lord? When was the last time you prayed for someone else's deliverance? God calls you to set others free. Now, if you're asking God to grow you in a certain area of your life, I guess God's question to you is, what areas of life are you growing others? If we step out in obedience, then all of a sudden, life experiences and life's lessons teach us. Those who are still bound, those who are trapped, those who have fallen, God has called us. How many people know a fallen person? How many people know someone that may be trapped in their, whether they're trapped in their psychological state of mind, whether they're trapped in the emotional heartbreak of the soul, whether they may be trapped, incarcerated in prison? But we all know somebody that falls into that category. What are you doing? What are you doing? To set them free. Would you stand with me church this morning? Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. As we conclude this service. And, and, and we're going to have an altar call this morning. And this is a two-fold altar call. Because I believe that right here. Within this morning. God's spoken to some people. There's some people that may have heard the gospel may know of Jesus. Maybe you've said a prayer with somebody once long ago. But the fact of the matter is you don't feel saved. The fact of the matter is you know that there is something missing. I want to offer right now the best thing that I can ever offer anybody. And that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you don't know Him as your Lord and your Savior... I'm talking about you got to know him as your savior, as your deliverer. But you got to know him as your king and as your Lord. You've been purchased with a price. If you don't feel that that price has been placed upon you yet, I'm going to invite you to come up to the altar this morning. Right up in here, just make a line. And I want to pray for you. Salvation. This is for salvation, to know Jesus. This is an opportunity right now to make a public confession. Matthew 10, 32 states, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. A public confection. Standing before Jesus, saying, Lord, I need you. I want you. Enter into my heart. Enter into my soul. Wipe my conscience clean, Lord. All the things that I've done, all the things that I've said, 
all of the missed opportunities God I just want you to come into my heart and cleanse me from the inside out is that your prayer this morning that's my prayer every day you Hallelujah. are welcome in this place welcome in our hearts come and have your way God meet us face to face all consuming fire lead without restraint breathe on us spirit come your heart
breaking in the name of Jesus people are being set free right now in the name of Jesus and the service isn't over God still has a word Trevor still has a word and before you leave here we're gonna give you some of these cloths I want I want you to go away with a piece of this remembrance that God is calling you to lose the people Loose the family members, loose your neighbors, to loose your co-workers, every shackle that holds them, whether it's pride, whether it's addiction, whether it's depression, it's gotta flee, it's gotta break in the name of Jesus. Come on, family. There's a prophetic word. Come on. There are uh, people in the room, um, I know there are, that, um, you know, this part of my mind, this thought that keeps coming to me, it's not like Jesus, and I've been fighting it, and I've been speaking the word of God over it, and I, I believe in the Lord, but for some reason I can't stop judging people or thinking the worst about others, or I can't stop uh, being consumed by fear or whatever, like, the shackle that you haven't been able to defeat. And uh, I want to challenge you to come up and we're going to pray over you and ask the Lord for a prophetic word for you. And what that means is God's specific heart for that issue to you. And don't tell us what it is. We're just going to ask the Lord to speak to you. So if that's you, I'm just going to challenge you. Come up and we're going to pray over you. We're going to lay hands on you and ask the Lord for a word that's for you, for your life.
Oh, let us be filled with your spirit. Oh, yes, Lord. All our faith and hope is our great God. Let the heavens open. Let your kingdom open. All our faith and your kingdom move, yes, let it move throughout the city, our faith and hope, let the kingdom stand still, let it move, our faith, our trust, our hope, our great God. Stand still, let it burn. Our faith, our trust, our hope, our great God, our great God. No heaven locked up, let it open. No kingdom stand still, let it burn. Our faith, our trust, our hope, our great God, our great God. Stand still, let it move. Our faith, our trust, our hope, our great
Hallelujah. Oh, Father God, let the heavens open, Lord. Ah, we praise you for open heavens. We praise you, oh, Father God, for open gates. I praise you, Father God, for the outpouring of your blessing upon your people. Thank you, Lord. Bring forth the deliverance. Bring forth every shackle broken, every chain right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray, God, that you would empower your people. Empower your people to go out and to loose the ones that are bound and to set them free in your name. So I bless you, church. In the name of the Father, I bless you, church. In the name of the Son, I bless you, church. In the name of the Holy Spirit, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, oh God, be blessed. Hallelujah. See you next week at the Lodge. By the love that I know at home I never get to stay long I might stop But then I gotta move on When I'm not there There's a craving in me An ache so strong That I can't believe There's a place that's better Where I'll spend forever When I'm It gets, it all will end I understand what hope and faith and love all meet in one place Oh, I wanna be where I can see what I now believe When I'm
Stuff that gets under my skin But I've got to try 